Hey friends, thanks for tuning back in to the Sit with Snit podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Snit, and today we're going to be sitting with Joy. As today is Purim, so Purim Sameach, Afrelik and Purim, happy, happy, joy, joy. But what does that even mean? I decided to create this episode kind of on the whim last week as I was just normally catching up with a friend of mine, Izzy Sakai, who is currently living in Jerusalem. And I said, Iz, like, I'm, I'm not feeling Purim this year. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, Is this normal? And we decided we just had to sit with it. We had to sit with the notion of what is joy even? What does it mean to remember Haman? Like this was a person? Was this an experience? Is Haman something that I can still obtain, tap into today? And how do I get away from that energy? All in all, I'm really excited to share with you just our thoughts, our banter, kind of a stream of consciousness of what the energy of Purim means to us. So without further ado, let's sit with joy. All right. Sit with Snit listeners. Welcome back. Hello. Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem. Shalom. I'm really happy to be recording this lovely well, it's evening for my guests. It's it's the day for me. But I'm sitting here with a dear friend of mine, a brand new, what's the right word to say when you recently made Aliyah? Abra Olim. Okay, that. <laughs> my dear friend, Izzy Sakai, you may have know her because her sister happens to also be Liza Sakai, who created The Reflective, my first guest on this lovely podcast. But Izzy has been in my life um, now for a couple of years, and it was completely like divine intervention, Hashgacha Pratis, how we met, and how like this like off chance of meeting someone in Manhattan ends up like becoming one of your best friends, and you have it like a year in Israel together where we just kind of worked on ourselves and got to like see each other's soul and purpose, and I, I just felt like I got to see Izzy like who she really was in the rawest way. And now I see her showing up even more authentically every day, especially with her being in Israel. So welcome Izzy to the Sit With Snit podcast. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So this week um, we're recording because the holiday of Purim is upon us. And Purim is a festival of what a lot of people say is joy. And it's like, I mean, to, like to to lessen the beauty of Purim, people like joke that it's like the Halloween of Jewish holidays because we do get up dressed up, we wear costumes. But there's a lot. There's a lot about Purim that I think we can sit with, and I think even just the topic of joy, we could definitely sit with a lot. And I, I personally really wanted to pull this episode out with Izzy because the two of us were talking as we just normally do. I was up in the wee hours of the night because I don't sleep and Izzy was on Israel time and I was like, Iz, I'm, I'm struggling to like want to do something for Purim this year. And if you know me personally, I go all out for Purim. It's like my holiday. I love it. I'm deeply connected to it. And this year there's just like a resistance. So Izzy and I were like, all right, we got to talk about it because something's there, obviously. 
Something is definitely there. And I've, I think you were saying this also, and I've, I've had a few conversations with people in the past few days where they're just like, eh. Yeah, like schmeh. There's no vibe. So, yeah. You said about it. I think so too. I asked some of my followers on Instagram, like, like recently today, I was like, what comes to mind when I say joy? And people are saying like a wave of calm and serenity, and like a smile on your face. And one person said laughter. And obviously like one person just like dropped like a poop bomb on me in like a good way, like the resolution of doubt. And when I read that just now, I was like, whoa, that's profound. Because I think when we initially think of joy or happiness or the Hebrew word for simcha, we think of like smiley faces and like maybe a chatan and kala and a wedding, right? Like there's a literal bracha where we're saying all these different adjectives, a blessing for the word happiness. Like there's so many different types of happiness, but like what is joy? Like what is the joy that we're talking about energetically this time of year? And I think Izzy, you can you can preface this um, like talking about how like in the Hebrew calendar, how energy and like the time of the month works. Um, there's a lot to be said here. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying, there's something about, right, we come into this month, which is the month of Adar, say Mar Misimcha, like, like you're supposed to increase your happiness. There, there is an element of, of making that joy greater than it is at other times of the year. But I think sometimes with a lot of, it happens a lot within the Jewish calendar, right? People feel forced into a feeling or forced into something, right? And one way to like kind of calm yourself down from feeling forced, it's like recognizing, like you said, that there actually is an energy force that is greater and is more present than it is in other months, right? So it's not like, you know, God is saying, you must be happier now. He's saying like, there is an energy of joy that can be more felt if you will let yourself fall into it now what are we saying we're saying we're struggling with that a little bit because it feels like you know the world is in a million places and i don't know how to tap into that so like what i've been focusing on more is just like what is back to your earlier point as well like what is that consistent joy what is that where is that happiness that i do find throughout the year mm -hmm. right and like if this is a time where god is making that more accessible and the energy of of, of the year is making it more present then all the more all the more reason to like try and tap into that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, let me make this month the happiness. It's like, why don't I use this month as the vessel to finding that consistent happiness that I'm looking for in the rest of the year. Right. And, and that, that, and that is the essence of joy, right? Joy, and it's, it's not, you know, like nobody's expecting also that like, you know, if the person that does this month, right. They're going to be the one who like all month, they're just, they're buzzing. They're on a high. They're like, that's not realistic. We're humans. It's, it's just not a thing. So, all the way. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not about reinventing the wheel. It's like, okay, here, we're here. Here's what we have and let's find joy within that, right? It's not having to recreate something from nothing. Like it's here. And I think even in the preparation for this conversation that you and I were having, we're like, I don't have anything planned. Like I, I said to you, I was like, is we're just going to go in and have this conversation because that's the point of Purim. Like there isn't a preparation necessarily for Purim, right? Like I mean, Ravi Nachman talks about how like it's a mitzvah to be joyous. Like it, it's a commandment. Like you're supposed to fulfill a mitzvah with joy, right? And nothing in the Torah said by accident. So like, why are we commanded to feel joy? Because it's not easy point blank. 
you know, I think there's this like misconception about happiness as being this destination where things are rainbows and everything's sparkly and everything looks beautiful. And it's not, it's not a, first of all, it's not a destination. I think it's a mind shift. There are moments of happiness, but you have to bring them forward and you have to extract them. And it's not necessarily going to be like shining in your face. Um, and it's not going to taste sweet too sometimes, you know, um, and I think that's really huge, especially in the time that we're living in, like, there's so much confusion, chaos, it could look dark. Um, naturally, this world is very dark. There's masks everywhere, right? Um, I think of a teacher of ours, Rabbi Marcus, um, all the way at Neve Yerushalayim, and he talks about how how God just kind of in this world works behind a lot of masks, right? So until you like take the mask off and you really see like the truth, you're dealing with a lot of hiddenness, a lot of, um, I wouldn't say falsehood or shek hair, but it's just a little bit of distance from mm-hmm. like that exclamation point truth in your face. So like the happiness is there, the joy is there, but like, how do we extract it? What do we do? What are the tools we need? Yeah. I mean, that was going to be my, my question sort of at you was like, <laughs> where, where do, where, what do you have to do to tap into it? And I think one, like just really simple, and maybe this has been overset or overdone or overused, but one simple way of doing that is finding the things that genuinely make you feel in your place, in your element, at your peace. Like that is joy, right? And today we're forced into doing the opposite most of the time. We see what others are doing. We see how they're acting. We see where we're not, where we should be, where we think we should be doing. So we're almost never in our own place. In our own space, right? It's like the whole, how do I, how do I get present with her? Like, is it needs to be where Hannah needs to be? Like that, that is where we're going to unmask, right? Everything that we're looking at on Instagram and it, those are all masks. Those are all things that, that are, are hiding the essence, the truth of where we're really trying to get at, where we should be getting at. And that's why we find ourselves so unhappy. And that, and that's become the constant and that's the issue. So of course, you're not going to find constant peace of mind or joy or, or, right? Like, because that we've used that as like our norm. Yeah. And we're just at a loss of like what the real norm is, which is looking into what, what we need for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's real, like looking in, I think a lot of the times, I mean, I, I'm speaking from my own experience, like I look outward when I have to ask a question. Like if something, if I'm making a decision, I'm already thinking of like the people I need to ask like mentorship for, but sometimes you just have to look within because like you have the answer, like you have to trust yourself, right? Like, um, and I think that is a bit of Purim. It is a bit of that deeper meaning. It's it's within. There's there's something about like a panemius, like a deeper idea. And you even think about like, you know, protagonist Esther Hamalka, like Queen Esther, her name Hadassah, which it's not by chance that I'm sitting with um, Izzy here, whose Hebrew name is Hadassah. But um, Hadassah means like the hiddenness, right? I mean, you could speak more about your name than I can, but this is a thematic um, emblem, I think, for the energy of this time, that things are hidden, point blank, things are hidden. Um, and I think when you connect to things that are true and that you know are real and concrete, it helps break into that hiddenness because when you find that groundedness, it gives you the ability to start asking questions and go into the places that maybe things aren't so revealed, right? Like think of the Purim story, you know? read an amazing thing I was saying it was actually like some really old notes that I had and saying like the reason that we feel so misunderstood is that 
a lot of times we're hiding the truth from ourselves. Mm. So we're in a place of hiddenness. Forget that, like, like I, I struggle with this a lot, right? Like, I feel like I'm misunderstood or people, but a lot of the times I realize I don't even understand myself. The things that I think people are misunderstanding about me are things that I haven't fully come to terms with or recognized or dealt with. So how can I expect anyone else to, to be receptive to that or, or know where I'm at? So yeah. that, that element of, of hiding, I think it really starts with us. And again, it, it's the tendency to look outwards and, and for, for our answers that just like perpetuates a state of like discontent and unhappiness and, and yeah, and struggle. I think so too. And I think, I don't know, like something that just hit me when you were speaking. It's like we, like even when you're being authentic and I'd like to think that with sit with snit and even in all my relationships, I'm authentic. We still have walls. Like we still have those barriers and you know, they say like when the drink goes in, the truth comes out because Torah, it's like a mitzvah to get to the point where you can't see the difference between like cursed Haman and Mordecai, right? Like the bad and the good, the evil and the, and the good. And there's so much to be said with that statement, with that mitzvah, why it's commanded to us. But I think it also like for me, it's like a, it's kind of this preparation like get to the place where you can see the difference between like who you want to be and who you are because it's exactly the same like in order for you to be who you need to become you have to start being that person in the moment I remember when I started like getting into the mindset of like you know getting ready to get married and please God like meeting my husband someone said like start showing up as the wife you want to be for your husband now because that's how you're going to, it's like the whole idea of attraction and visualization, right? If you start seeing it and your mind becomes comfortable with it. So I think that, that deciphering between good and evil, we can bridge it into a bigger conversation of seeing like what is to be and what is like, it's already in the present, right? Like there's no such thing as time in God's universe. Time is like a human construct that we use to like benefit from, right? But everything's already laid out. Everything is, was, and always will be when it comes to like Hashem and God. So I think like the person I'm meant to be, like he already knows it's there. It, it exists. It's, it's not going to, you know, it, it exists. So why can't I just shift my mindset to like embodying that energy already? Like, why can't I snatch that energy from the future now? You know, like, it brings up a question, which is a pretty common question and a complicated one to answer. And I will not claim that I'll be the one to answer right now. <laughs> the whole notion of, of how could it be that we're meant to stand in front of God and ask for things and whatnot, but we're also meant to say that we're completely content with where we are in the moment. Oof. It seems like a contradiction. How can I? Life I, is a contradiction, man. Oh my God. But I think you just said it, right? It's it's recognizing that there is a future that God has laid out for me and that I can tap into and, and I can, the, a potential that I can reach, but that God also wants me to be here and in the now, because I can't be there. Like I can, I can only be here. Right. And so, right. Again, it's, it's a little bit of an unsatisfying answer, but it, it, it's what you're saying. It's like, like if that's your, if B is your goal, but you're at A, start making a look like the B that you want to be and but but be fully happy with whatever God continues to give you that moment right like yeah. you're here and you're saying I want to get married for example even if God doesn't send you your husband for another whatever it is Zat Hashem should be very very soon I mean, I mean, I mean, you too. But, but no matter when it is that it's coming that 
in the preparation of that, you're still completely content with the fact that right now you're not, you're not meeting your person. Like it's okay to want more and also be like happy and content and satisfied with the now. Um, 100%. I I think that's a really hard existence. I think it's a hard thing to grapple mentally, like how to, I mean, it's, it's just about the complexity of human emotions and just learning that you can handle a lot more than you think. It's not, sometimes you can't really, um, trying to find the right word. It's like, I, sometimes you, you can't isolate, um, experiences and just experience one thing at a time. That's not usually how things work. And if you're doing it, it might not be the healthiest way to actually go through life. Um, so you can make space for like wanting something better and also find the good in the now, right? Like finding that gratitude. And I think that's, that's also a tool that can help you harness joy in the moment is, is bringing in that voice of gratitude. Um, like there's a practice that Rebbe Nachman always talks about, and it's something I really struggle with, but I force myself to do more often than that is to find like a nekuda tova, like the good points within myself and also in my day. So like, to, to, you know, it's really hard to sometimes look in the mirror and be like, oh my gosh, I love myself. Like I'm on fire. Like no one feels that way every day. Um, there's no Instagram filter that'll make you feel that way. But when you start like noticing the good points in yourself, like little by little, it, it adds and it starts building the image that you look at in the mirror. And the same is true with your life circumstances, things in your life. Like it's it's sometimes I, I find that I even have resistance to like put pen to paper and write down just three little things that I'm grateful for in a day. And when you, I think when you see that resistance, you have to kind of take a moment and ask like, why am I resisting this? Like what, why is this blockage here? Like, if I don't do it, what's going to like continue to persist, right? I think like I have a mentor of mine that says like, whatever you resist persists, mm. it continues. So it's it's sometimes important to ask yourself like, mm, where is this resistance coming from? If I overcome it, what's going to help me get closer to, right? And I think that's in of itself in order to like reach gratitude, you have to kind of go through that like discomfort of like, okay, I am, there's good in what I'm experiencing, but I want more, but let's first acknowledge the good. And that's a little uncomfortable because then it's like, well, am I then belittling what I want? No, you still want what you want. I want to get married, but like I'm thriving right now too. And that doesn't diminish the fact that I want to get married. Me thriving in the moment doesn't mean that I don't want my husband and that I don't want to be married, but it means I'm enjoying the moment too, right? Is that easy? No. Ask me tomorrow, right? Like ask me, ask me in five minutes how I'm doing with that. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, but I think, I think that's Purim. I really think that's Purim. And if, I feel like if we take this idea, right, let's bring it into like the actual story of Purim. So I was, it's a good segue because there's something I, I read earlier um, by Sivan Ravmir. Mm-hmm. She's uh, an Israeli news anchor. She writes really beautiful divars. And I, think I heard ex- her speak in America. Yeah, she she was in America at one point also, and she yeah. and she she does a lot. And she was saying, uh, right in the in the beginning of Megillat Esther, we realize about Haman, who is Amalek. We realize we we read about how how frustrated he is with Mordechai. Essentially, he's second in rank to the king, but he still says it says. In the Megillah, but all this is worth nothing to me. Each time I see, each time I see Mordechai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. So what is it saying? That 
Haman is he's second in command. He has everything. Like he, okay, he can't be the king, but he's almost the king. But he's lacking this one person. It was said that Mordechai wouldn't buy, bow down to Haman. Right. He's lacking this one person who won't give him what he wants. So all the honor he has, all the kavod that he's gotten, means nothing if this one person doesn't give him what he wants. Mm. It's, it's right. So the worth Amalek is that worth in ourselves that tendency exactly what you're saying to not be able to look at the whole picture not be able to say wow all that i have and to just harness in on the things that i that i don't have that that's our inner amalek like gosh like we we when we're and she was saying like when you make the noise with the groggers right it's not just about like yes unfortunately there is like the concept of amalek in like society the societal global level but like it's also that she's saying like the egotistic imperfect like perfectionism that we have within us that like yeah. we need everything to be in our way in our circle everything coming towards us like you know and and we have to break down those walls that that's the biggest impediment to us getting to a place of of joy and also like just joy and peace you know within ourselves i talk about like talk about like trying to find peace with each other forget about peace with ourselves peace with each other like jews just, just Jews. Like, forget about Amalek as like an outer force. Just Jews ourselves. Imagine if we were able to erase this Amalek-like quality within ourselves. What a difference that would make as a Jewish people, and then also on the global scale. But you've got to start at home first. It's, that's my. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred and ten percent. Wow, that just like, like it hit. It hit. Like I feel it. How do we, for those who maybe don't know what Amalek means, like, yes, it was a nation in history, but like when we're talking about it in a, an energetic sense, how do we, what's the best way to translate um, or give like a, a way to understand what Amalek is? Like I, I how do we, like it's that, it's, it's not doubt, but it's, it is an energy of doubt. Um, also I like energy of discontent. Discontent, like, yeah. And of, yeah, because what was it? It was Haman wanted to erase the Jewish people. He wanted to completely wipe out every Jew that lived on the face of the earth, of the earth at the time. Yeah. And someone actually pointed something out to me as very, uh, you know, someone was a good friend. She said the scariest thing was that at the time of, of the story of Esther, all the Jews, it was the only time in history, all the Jews were living in the same place. Right. Sure, sure. Again, this is also very fitting because Izzy is Persian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fine. I love this. Okay. <laughs> Someone said a funny story once that um, that they were teaching a class and all the kids were shocked that that um, you know the story didn't take place in Great Neck or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that made me so happy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Discontent is what comes to mind. It's stronger than that. It's much. It's much more. Uh, there's a lot more heat and anger, I think, behind who Haman was. For sure. Of Amalek. But but Amalek as a as a energy uh, uh, concept. Yeah. I mean, not only that as a concept, like Amalek still the force of Amalek still exists in this world. We're, I know we're talking about it in like the personal level, and I think it does apply very beautifully, but also just like on the societal level, like that force is still there and we see it very clearly. Yeah. So I think um, it's ultimately the force that wants to transpire a downfall. Um, Cause sometimes I confuse like my Yetzirah, right? My evil inclination with Amalek. And I, I have a mentor, Dina Seabag. Oh, I wish you could hear this. Adina, if you listen to this all, um, our mentor, I should say. And she's always saying like, be careful when you're talking about your Yetzirah because that is a godly trait that Hashem put in you that is meant to like push you forward. It's not actually like eat like evil. It actually wants you to do better. But like Amalek, that, that, now that, 
is it that wants like to end the goodness in you that wants like to extinguish any light that there is um so it's very important to realize especially like within ourselves when we're finding like maybe something's trying to drive us the other direction or we're you know to be able to label things in the right way because the minute you label something it, it puts energy to it it, cre- it, it it externalizes it it brings life to it so very I think that was just something I need to note mentally maybe it resonates with you is and to our listeners but that was something I also needed to tune into when I was kind of just like sitting with this idea of Purim and the story of Purim and just the whole thing and also interestingly last Shabbat was Parasha um, Zahor, right, where we read um, about um, <laughs> bugging out over here just because it hit me. We're, we're reading about King Shaul and why he lost his kingship and why Hashem then decides to anoint David Hamela after him. And it, ex- it makes sense why like Shaul spent like all of his life like wanting to end David Hamela. But it was saying like Hashem told Shaul, you have to kill this entire nation and not just the entire nation, but their animals because they also shape shift into like the people can shape shift into the animals and they were able to annihilate the entire nation, but he spared like some of the animals and the king. Like Shaul went against like God's actual word that he spoke to like him because of something that was written in the Torah. And it was interesting. He was justifying it like, well, I'm actually like following your commandments. You told me, but like you're going against like a clear divine ordinance from God, right? Which is why the remnant of that energy of Amalek that we still have today is because he didn't actually follow the word of God, mm-hmm. right? And that makes me think like, how many times do we allow our human reason sometimes to trump things that we know are actually better or things that were commanded in the Torah that maybe don't make sense. Like yesterday I was out for my birthday and my dad was just asking me like, cause we're eating at a kosher restaurant, something that I didn't grow up doing as you know. And my dad's just like, I still don't get why we don't eat shellfish. Like what's the actual reason? And I was like, dad, there isn't a, like a legit reason that I can give you. That's going to satisfy this like uncertainty that you're having about it. But the thing that I see is that when God commands you not to do something, it's not restriction. It's like your protection, you know, like this is not something you should get involved with. So here's a barrier, you know, I don't know where the tangent just went. See if you can pick it up. Uh, I, uh, so I, it's funny because I was with someone yesterday and they grew up religious. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why would you choose this? She said, I'm not trying to leave being religious. I like it, but I was born into it. Why did you like? Why would you choose? Why would you choose that you can only eat at a kosher restaurant? You can only. And I just and I said, you know, it's the whole God picture, right? It's this this notion of like, I find so much joy in having a higher purpose. Mm. Like, you know, people people often ask me like, what made you become religious? Why did you choose to become religious? And I and I always say, life was really good before I was religious. Yeah, like was going through some, you know, obviously I had my hard times, things like that. I still have them now, yeah. but I, I got a taste of like real joy. I got a feeling of like what it really means to live with, with a notion of something greater than yourself. Mm. And, to, and for me, that, that only came when God came in the picture. And so even when I'm in a hard place now, let's say it's the same kind of challenge I was dealing with before, you know, I ever thought about God, I ever thought about religion. I'm, and, and I could be depressed and I could be down. There is still some spark of like, I don't know if I would call it joy in the moment, 
but like calmness, some, some spark of just like knowing that like, it'll be okay. Like I'm not alone in this. Like I'm not, and that, and that's what, right. The whole story of Perm is about that, that like Hashem, the hiddenness, Hashem was like, not in our face there, but he was there through the whole thing. And he was orchestrating the whole thing, just like he's orchestrating all of our lives all the time. And that's like, for me, that's like a point of joy, like to know in the back of my mind, always really in the front of my mind is what it should be that like, God is telling, God is directing me and God is taking me and God is holding my hand. And he, he's taking me through this journey of life that, that is something more than just me, Izzy sitting here in an apartment in Jerusalem. Like that, that, that's not my, like, there's just so much beyond that. I know that like really distilled it down to like made it feel like nothingness, but. It's, it's beyond all reason, honestly, at the, at the end of the day. And I think that's Perm. It's the name of the book that I'm staring at, which is a discourse um, about, Purim from like the Alter Rebbe's Torah or, but it is beyond all reason, right? And sometimes it, it's hard to explain to someone who maybe doesn't have that shift in, in, in mindset of seeing that, but hopefully um, it's something that people can, you know, whether wherever they're at in their spiritual journeys, if it's something that they can, you know, tangibly hold and like make space for amazing. And if it's something that starts an idea in their head, beautiful. Um, but no, it is that idea. Like, it's not even about, like, like you said, it's in the back of your head, but it's really what's on the forefront of your mind. It's what creates the lens for your life. Like I am trying to align myself with a higher power so that I can use my free will to like align with what I'm destined to do. But I also know everything's going to be okay. Even though in the moment I might be like struggling. Yeah. Like we're pedaling on, we're, 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 you know, marching on, but that doesn't diminish that like things like Gamzala Tova, it's going to be good you know and yeah is your sakai guys did you see that like i'm speechless this, this is like this is also i just want to like disclaim this like this is what it's like just talking to izzy this is like our we're just basically like pu like putting a publication i don't know what i'm saying we're broadcasting our like normal conversations <laughs> yeah, this is really a whatsapp call that hannah just called me it's uh pretty much guys but um before, before I let you go, because it's getting late over there and we could be going on and on and please God, we'll have more opportunities to do something like this in the future. Um, as customary practice on the Sit With Snit podcast, I like to ask my guests um, to kind of make space and share about something that you're currently sitting with. It could be something related to the conversation we just had on joy, which I apologize if we you felt like maybe anyone listening, you thought you were going to get some answers. If anything, I feel like I raised more questions, but I think that's the point. We're stirring up something for Purim and I, I hope that people take it with them. But um, Izzy, like, what are you sitting with that you can make space for right now? Um, I mean, I think in the context of joy and purpose, which for me go hand in hand, sort of, very strongly hand in hand. Um, I'm really trying to find my space. Like, like, what do I want my day to look like? What do I want Izzy's week to look like? Izzy's month to look like? Izzy's year to look like? Izzy's life to look like? And I, it's I'm at like some weird crossroad of like, I know exactly what, I know what it is because I feel it and I, and I access those points and those moments and a lot of things I, I am blessed to be able to do. But I'm still doing things that are completely consuming me and not allowing me to, to like 
fully express myself and be in those places. So in short, I'm sitting with just trying to tap into the most uh, authentic me and self. And I mean that in the most like or the least cliche way, just genuinely like doing the things that make me tick because I know what they are and not distracting myself with things that don't take me further, don't elevate me um, or really point blank, don't bring me any joy. So... I mean, and you should have clarity in that, in that pursuit, in that inner knowing. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you said, Hashem's guiding you in the right direction and it'll, it'll come to you. It's already there. It already exists, right? We just have to show wow. up in the right way to bring it to light. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in again to the Sit With Snip podcast. Thank you, my Izzy June, for tuning in live from Yerushalayim, your Hakodesh which also just happens to be Jerusalem. Like it's also a city and there's struggles in that beautiful, beautiful place, but it is, it is our, our special place. So sending you lots of love and light from sunny Miami. Sending it all back. Thanks, Anne. It's really awesome.